just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, at least for a little while longer. This is the show where we delve into the world of influence and persuasion to help you build your professional authority and to become a more powerfully persuasive communicator. Now, this week on the show, we are going to be having a conversation that was a fresh conversation for me, and the subject matter was really what attracted me to it. And we were talking about enrollments, specifically about enrolling people ethically, whether that's to your course, your program, whatever it may be. So I was lucky enough to have this conversation with someone who's working very successfully as a coach who helps his clients deal with stress and overwhelm. And we came up with a few things. There really was some guiding principles and some things that were golden rules, really, when you're working with your clients and you want to have a good relationship. But something unexpected came up in this conversation as well, which I think you might get quite excited for especially if you are the kind of coach or business owner who doesn't love the social media treadmill that we often find ourselves on, because that's not how Jan gets his business. He uses referrals and pretty much strictly word of mouth because he hates the social media aspects of it all. And he doesn't want to do all that, doesn't want to get on the social media treadmill, which is very understandable. So we ended up also having a conversation about how to get referrals from your clients and the right and best ways to do that as well as clearly discussing some of the things that people do to get enrollment and to get people into their programs that aren't so ethical that we recognize those at one point even talking about one that was very clearly a scam and something that i have encountered before as well and you have to carry on listening for that but i think you will enjoy this conversation especially if you are someone who's looking to find a different model for marketing and growing your business that doesn't rely on social media. Now, in a very short space of time, in fact, at the start of July, this show is going to be transforming and will become known as Podfluence, where we're going to be focusing much more deeply on influence and persuasion through podcasting. Now, that doesn't mean that podcasts are the only thing we're going to talk about. We will still continue conversations around influence and persuasion. You'll just find that there's a much heavier focus on podcasting and creating engaging online content with podcasts and utilizing podcasts as part of your professional ecosystem. So do stay with us for that transition. Or if you're not already subscribed, if this is a new show for you, then please do subscribe to the show. It's going to be a really exciting time. I've already recorded some amazing shows that you are definitely going to want to tune into. Whether you have a podcast or not, whether you're already being a podcast guest or not, or whether you're just curious as to the potential for marketing with podcasts, then you are going to want to make sure that you are subscribed to Podfluence. Now, if you're on Apple Podcasts, all you need to do is press the plus sign and that will have you subscribe to the show. Spotify is really easy as well. And on any other channels, just subscribe to the show. 
And of course, you can subscribe directly. If you'd like to know what podcasts could do for you and your business, you can take the quiz at presentinfluence.com. You might find a few other things interesting there as well. But for now, I want to leave you with this conversation with coach Jan Broders. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. Welcome to Speaking Influence. I know that those coaches and course creators listening in are going to enjoy this conversation today. I have with me a guest who is here to talk about ethical enrollment. And this is going to be, I was excited to talk about this. I think this is going to be a, an interesting subject that we haven't tackled before on the show. So let me officially welcome Jan Brodus to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited as well. And I, I'm not only saying this like because that's what you say in the beginning of, a, of an interview, but I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the conversation with you. Likewise. Well, I'd like to start the show off by asking my guests for someone who you look up to and respect for their influence and persuasion and how they've used it. Who would that be for you, Jan? Yeah, to me, there's two people come to mind. One is really close to me is my wife. And not, not in the sense of she's like influencing me and be, being persuasive in our like interaction, maybe also, but I just feel she's really good in, in speaking with people and making sure everybody feels heard and, um, yeah, just finds a way yeah, to influence people in a really nice manner, not manipulative, but ethical, how I would say in terms of ethical enrollment, also in, just in everyday conversation. We, we like how she does it. And she probably has her own story why she's so good at that. And yeah. then there's there's one guy, he's he's a German speaker who I enjoy called Toby Beck, Tobias Beck. He also does English speaking things. So if, if you want to check him out. And yeah, I really like the way he speaks from stage and influences people in a really, really funny, genuine, just sort of like, as if it isn't happening, sort of, right? It's not, oh, there's a speaker, yeah. but just very natural. And I really, really enjoy that and, and admire the way he does it, especially from stage in front of thousands of people at times yeah so those two people come to mind when you when you ask that well good answers and certainly would be interested to check out more about Tobias as well fantastic all right well great let's get into what we're here to talk about though so you are a coach as well you have your own coaching business what what kind of coaching are you doing yeah so we we kind of have like two two areas one is um anything around stress uh, burnout prevention overwhelm stress Again, I have my own history of that and uh, burnout at age 27, even before the 28th birthday, birthday. So I'm really, really interested in that because it's really close to my heart and I know how shitty that feels like. So it's really important to me. And then we have this whole area, okay, helping other coaches succeed in their, in their business. And, and there really, it's not about oh, business coaching as such. And this is the blueprint, one, two, three, but more discovering what is the coach's unique way of coaching and doing business but mainly coaching yeah. and you do business through coaching in my, in my opinion. And yeah. we will probably hit on that as well. I think so. Well, what did you, what do you find as being the main issues that coaches and people in the sector struggle with? I actually think uh, it is that they think there is a way, there is this one way and struggling, trying to find it out and trying try to copy it from others. And if your Facebook feed or so looks anything like mine, you're being bombarded with those things and you think, oh my God, everybody mm -hmm. has figured it out except of me. And how oh, are they all making a million overnight? And I want to learn those four steps to blah, blah, blah. And I feel that poses a huge struggle because they all yeah. have a feeling of, oh, they haven't figured it out yet. 
while in my opinion is more about finding their way of it. I, I don't know what's good for them, right? That's, that's, I, I wouldn't claim that or be as um, arrogant to think that, but they all know their own way and we need to find that one out. And I think also that's a yeah. distinction between coaching then and maybe consulting where you tell somebody or coaching be more of a conversation and finding it out. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, the whole definition of coaching is sometimes hard to pin down. You ask somebody from the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, and they're going to say that if you are kind of advising and telling people what to do, you're not, you're not coaching them. You're, you're mentoring them. You're consulting with them. But I know that the majority of coaching programs I've ever worked in with other companies have been that they require that consultancy aspect to it as well. And I, I know of very few coaching situations that don't actually include that, although I'm sure there are some, but not in my experience. So it's, it's an interesting one, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I also think um, when you mentioned the ICF, right, there's the three levels, ACC, PCC, MCC. And for, for listeners, you don't really need to like, dig into the different levels. It's just sort of in my experience, it's more moving from, okay, I'm sharing a bit more of my experience to at some point, like not sharing anything at all from my side, except somebody really wants to learn about it or know about it. Yeah. But at some point, really purely holding space, not um, using any blueprints. Oh, this is the question you ask. Okay, then you ask this, then you ask, but really just being super present with somebody and having having a like really interesting, thought-provoking conversation. And then some insights appear or so. And yeah, yeah. I, I guess we are a bit... Um, hardcore on that end <laughs> like where we <laughs> where we want to have like just the really pure open space and have people like yeah. Zipper, yeah but of course there's no right or wrong I mean, there's a spectrum and whatever you make of it right yeah the whole coaching thing is an, an interesting interesting question but let's get into the enrollment stuff and really talk about what, what, what we're we talking about when we say enrollment particularly you know you know like my show is about ethical influence and persuasion so this this is an important part of that what do you mean by enrollment yeah i guess some people would, would probably call it sales or so okay i'm selling something to somebody and i want to onboard them into my program or like yeah sell sell them the program i'm whatever i'm doing as a coach and to me yeah, i'd rather call it enrollment because i feel it, it is not a not a sales conversation where you are trying to um, achieve something with that conversation. So um, really my mindset, and obviously I'm human too, and it takes takes a bit of inner work to get there because we all um, need to pay our bills and rent or mortgage or whatever it may be. So obviously we want the business to grow and we want to sell something. And, yeah. and each conversation, my intention is to approach it with the mindset of, okay, I just want to find out a genuine yes or no from the person. And both... Both answers are completely valid. And as I'm just trying to find find a genuine yes or no, it becomes more of a coaching conversation rather than a sales conversation. And yeah. as, as a coach, again, like it's funny now that you mentioned with the ICF just a few minutes earlier, obviously I don't try to influence my person into a certain, uh, my, my client or possible client into a certain way, right? If, if you enter a coaching conversation with a coach, and your question is, oh, I'm not sure, should I move to London or Manchester? I'm really, like, both are great. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, then the coach hopefully doesn't think, like, secretly, oh, I hope he chooses London. 
hope to choose London, <laughs> Manchester sucks, right? That'd be that'd be sort of yeah. like a weird, a weird coach, like, or just like a yeah. Lon- London loving coach <laughs> into Manchester, right, especially because Ma- Manchester is amazing. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be weird, right? And you, you would feel in the conversation like, oh, well, this doesn't feel really genuine and not not totally open. Like it constantly says, but but did you consider London because the River Thames is really nice? Have you considered even that? And, oh, he's trying to push me somewhere. That, that doesn't yeah. feel safe. And my intention is to approach it in a wrong conversation with the same attitude. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I guess partly for me, this is because I've been in the industry a long time now, is that I know when somebody is going to those leading questions or when they're leading up to certain things that they are trying to direct you to go a certain way. And I, I, I think you know, so probably some people who are very astute can spot that very quickly, but some people who may not be very familiar with that might not, might not realize that that's what's happening during the conversation, that they're being steered in a particular direction. But, but I always find myself, you know, when, we, when we recognize we're being tattled in a particular direction, we tend to resist it. And, and so I, I think it does come to that recognition thing. Like if you don't see it, you're probably not going to realize it's going on. And so you're not going to necessarily resist it. But when you have some awareness of that, you might actually start going, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's this person trying to do? Where are they taking me? And and, and yet some people as well go, go even worse than that. We do tend to recognize it where their very first contact with you is a sales conversation. And, and I think that's probably maybe where I want to start with the ethical enrollment is that i think one of the things we see very commonly online right now and i have mentioned this before on the show is these people who are just directly starting a sales conversation with you or they're finding your email address on linkedin and going straight into your inbox uninvited or these kinds of things can that ever be considered ethical enrollment yeah um, i don't know if you can even consider it enrollment because i don't even know that i don't know what that is i don't even think it's sales because it's the intention would be to sell something and I can't imagine <laughs> buying from somebody who does that. So uh, maybe it is not even sales. It's just weird. Yeah. But I, I, to my opinion, is it as ethical or not? I think at that point, it's just, it's just useless and sort of disrespectful. Right. I think I find it sleazy, but, but I know not everybody agrees with me. And so I just say, well, it's an opinion. It's not necessarily, it is that, but it is an opinion. I, I guess it must work some of the time for people to keep doing it. Yeah. But for me, really, it's like this, oh, like I have an uncle in, in wherever and he needs some money. And can we, it, it's sort of like the same type of email, right? Like a spammy thing. And well, to, to me, it's, um, yeah, I don't know if it's ethical or not. To me, it's, it's just useless. It's, it's, I don't think it's unethical because, well, it's a bit disrespectful. You're just sort of entering somebody's space and doing something they haven't asked for. But at the same time, you can just not reply, right? I think really unethical, what you said earlier to me was interesting. When it becomes like manipulative, you said somebody, oh, maybe somebody isn't aware of it. Yeah. And if you're aware of it, it's, it's more of a like equal game, maybe even you're like, okay, we're both aware of what's going on here and you can, you can respond. But especially if co- in coaching, if you work with people who are not aware of that yet and they haven't done much of that type of work or so, I think it's, it's really dangerous because you're, you're mini- manipulating them into something. And maybe as a coach, you, you understand people or you spot certain character traits so quickly or think you do, and you can use that against somebody. And I think that's that's highly unethical. And we should be really aware of that not to do those types of things in conversations. Yeah. I, I wonder that there is, a, there is potentially an argument that the, the ends justify the means. 
that if if you're giving somebody a beneficial result, does it really matter how you get them there? I think it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Clearly, people who don't agree with that. Yeah, and I think it's it's like the argument you can you can use for everything, right? It's like yeah. I don't know you could do something highly illegal and or unethical. Oh, well, but oh, I'm going to steal this person's money, but I was going to donate half of it, so why not, right? And then you say, okay, yeah. Maybe please don't steal by somebody else's money still, even if you want to donate it, right? It's that person's choice. Yeah. Uh, maybe watch the podcast, use, uh, learn how inflation wo uh, influence works, and then, then persuade the person to donate money. Maybe that's a better way. Yeah. So, um, so ethical. Yeah. To me, again, it's like conversation. And this, this person has to agree to have that conversation. And I feel like the standard um, funnel of stuff, right? Maybe you watch an ad, a webinar. Okay, sign up for this 20-minute strategy call, whatever it's called, and then people try to sell you into a program. And to me, there's just so many unknowns. Like, how do I know this person needs this type of program? I don't know them yet. They don't know me, really. They know me maybe as a marketer, but they have never experienced yeah. me really in my role as a coach. So in my funnel or my flow, I always want to speak with these people and properly speak with them not 20 minutes an hour maybe two yeah. and and i want them to experience my work yes where does the enrollment process start for you then it really is and any conversation really that i have is potentially part of the enrollment but not all potentially even if i speak because all we do is referral and invitation right like we i do a little bit of linkedin here and there i do podcasts like like we're speaking now somebody will learn about me and maybe contact me or so but Mostly everything is done through referrals. So we work with people and they say, hey, why, why don't you speak with Ian or so? And then, then we have a conversation. Or I, I meet somebody maybe at the playground even. And I'm not, I'm not uh, hunting for clients on the playground. I, that's unethical. That's just weird again, similar yeah. to, the, to the LinkedIn messages. But just being present and, and supportive and helping people. And it, it could be part of, the, part of the enrollment. I think it's just a general mindset of being, being of service and helping people rather than trying to, to sell people, sell stuff to people. Do, do you think it really matters where that, where that conversation starts? Then? I mean, what, what in your experience are the most effective ways to bring somebody into your funnel? My effective way is, is referral, the most effective one, right? And um, that's just for me personally. But it could be, okay, somebody, I've, I've heard of somebody who always hangs out at airports and meets people, right? Okay, maybe that works for them. It's just not something I would want to do. It's just not, not, I don't want to use my time that way, but uh, I think it's really help trying to help people and then even inviting them into having a conversation and say, hey, you know, I do this for a living. Also, you know, I help people with overwhelm. Would you love to have a conversation? And still at that point, it's not about, oh, I want to sell them something, but just supporting them. And who knows? Maybe they say, hey, this is amazing. Maybe we should do more. Or they say, oh, I have a friend, Angela. I really would want her to speak with you. She 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 needs some support. And um Maybe more unconditional in that sense, rather than trying to manipulate people into something. And it's yeah, yeah. Is is this something that you have developed as your style of approach, or or is it something more that you've learned as a one of the best ways of being able to manage those referrals coming? Yeah, no. Like what I've learned more is more like the online marketing stuff, right? Like it's, okay, you have to be on Instagram or Facebook. Well, back back then, Instagram probably wasn't around, but have to be on Facebook. That's the big yeah. thing and post a lot of stuff and then run some ads. The whole ad game started at some point. And so, but just never, I, and I've tried some of it and we have like a, 
an online project in Germany, like a burnout platform where people can sign up for courses and stuff. But I never enjoy working on that. It's, I think that, that's the big thing. Even if somebody says, hey, that's what really works. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe there are some people who really, really enjoy this. Right? I think every coach can ask themselves and just observe how you're feeling when you write funnel emails and, and look at conversion rates and, and stuff like that. Is this how you want to spend your time? Maybe. Amazing. You know, maybe there are people like this. And, but to me, it definitely isn't that. I'm not that type of person. I guess it may depend on what kind of business you want to have in, in the long run, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, if, if, if you want to have it fully automated, but still, you, okay, I want to have it fully automated, but I'm not enjoying any of it. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't make much sense because the thing is never fully automated, right? I've learned that as well. I thought, oh, I'm going to set this one up. It's going to be a few K each, each month. I'm just, you know, financially independent and blah. And then Google changed their stupid algorithm and our website dropped. It's like, oh, this isn't really passive anymore. Like now I have to, <laughs> you know... <laughs> This isn't fully automated, yeah. Sure, there's there's always work to be done, but I mean, I'm I'm always happy to look at ways of systemizing and automating and delegating that that speed up the flow of business and allow me to scale things up to to a high level. I think those, those can be good things, but as you say, some of them don't always last. Yeah, <laughs> long as yeah, and I think it really is again like if you really enjoy that, right? If I enjoy having this team of people, I enjoy doing it that way, and then that's perfect. And to me personally, you know, what I love is having the conversations with people and and we then scale more through, okay, we're getting more referrals because we're coaching more people. That's sort of like, okay, that develops naturally. And I guess through price in the end, right? The coaching we do is, is maybe more more intense and more exclusive in a sense. And then um, it's not a 50-hour session, but more, whatever, a few hundred or so. And yeah. yeah. I think that there's a lot of a lot of bad advice out there, right? There's um, There are a lot of people who are, I think, teaching some of these approaches that aren't necessarily the most ethical, the, the kind that go on the numbers game more than anything else is I wonder if you ask enough people, you're going to get some hits, but they may not do the best for establishing a quality reputation or as someone you want to trust. And, and, you know, I've had uh, people, I'm thinking particularly of an episode with a lady called Wendy Harris, where we talked about, we talked about relationship marketing and, and how important that is now uh, that people really more than ever want to feel that they can know and trust and and like or as my friend chris duck would say even love uh, like even like isn't enough anymore you need to love the person who you're connecting with who you're learning from or having coach you or buying a course from or whatever it's going to be that that relationship is more important than ever yeah you agree um yeah i would agree and i was just thinking like while you were saying that okay like do my clients all love me I hope not in the sense that they love me as, as a person, but more, okay, what they get out of it. Because I'm sure we, when I say we, my, my wife and I, we tell them things or we ask questions that are not not lovable in a way like, oh my God, it makes me feel so good. That's all. I'm really being challenged. And then I love that that relationship. And I love the insights. I love the growth. All right. So I'm just being really mindful about the the difference between they love me. And so I'm doing things that they want me to do. And I feel that's, that's especially in coaching, it's a really dangerous area to be in because that's not your job, right? But then, yeah, I mean, I guess you do have to coach it in that sense of like, be a bit specific about what that refers to because your clients don't know you. They know you as a coach. They don't know the full you. So they only have access to that small part of you. But it's more a case of 
I guess, loving the brand, like liking what you're about and resonating with your values and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is like, again, all we do really is it's just us, right? There is no, it's just us connecting with people and they're getting something out of it. And they know that we are not world famous. I, like nobody knows about us more or less, right? We, we, we don't have a huge following, yet we do incredible work with the people and they get a lot of, a lot of value out of, out of the conversations. And then they refer us. And, and again, I think this is something for coaches and consultants out there. Okay. Do you want to be like world famous and well known? Is this, is this what you're after? Which, which is fine. Uh, is, is what, what you want, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk type fame or so. And that, that's cool. And that's, that's his thing. If you really enjoy that. But I see many coaches who don't enjoy that, but they feel this is the only way to end. Like we, Constantly chose another route because we tried it out. I said, "Oh yeah, this is really annoying to constantly post stuff on Instagram or and to sort of walk through life and especially the oh they have to know your your, your personal life and they want to connect with your, your person, not just the business, right? And share stuff of your day and stuff. Like, oh my god, I'm constantly looking at, I'm looking through the camera, so to say, like through my life and oh, could this be like a good story? Oh, maybe if I do this, then I can write about that and it's." It's just annoying to me. This is not how I want to spend my day. I want to be present with, with my children, with my wife and with myself and not yeah. that. So, so it's just what wasn't our way. And, and uh, I, I found it. And then, and then something personal comes up for me. I say, I really love the challenge of creating something else. Then I say, oh, I wonder if you can do it differently. Right. And then this to me comes really a game. Then comes very interesting. Yeah, no, I, I would relate that to my experience. Like when I first got into personal development, which was some time ago, I mean, I'm talking like probably early to mid 2000s. And at that time, the majority, it seemed at least that the majority of people who were delivering personal development stuff from these platforms, it was nearly always these big platform, three day event kind of things or two and a half days. And, uh, and there would be somebody up on stage giving the old whoop, 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 getting everyone excited and and having this this huge event going on and and i felt that you had to be it was it was almost this thing of like that they it seemed like and i think it's just the case in some in some instances they were trying to encourage everybody to become type a overachievers and like you had to you know hustle all the time uh, who needs sleep you know sleep when you're dead uh, run on minimum amount of sleep have your energy running maximum be completely extrovert and and a massive performer and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, wow, that's uh, totally not who I am. <laughs> similar, to, similar to what you're saying. Like, maybe, maybe this isn't for me. It, at first, it took me a long time to realize that though. I spent a long time trying to make myself that and wearing myself out in the process and then realizing I can't do this. And, and the reason I can't do it is because it's very much not me. It's just so outside of who I am. And, and I'm a big integrity guy and it just didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like I was living my integrity. I would relate it to that kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that again, to me, if then there was trying to be the persuasion, okay, this is how you have to be. So like trying to sell it. Okay. This is the way you're successful in this world. Then again, it becomes unethical in my opinion, because it's, it's not true. And, and it's more, it's the same type of sort of like need based or not need more like marketing, like any other product, right? Oh, buy this deodorant because you're smelly or buy this, whatever, like sports equipment because you're too fat or like always trying to look at what somebody isn't and their weaknesses yeah. and all. And I think again, in the personal development space, that's really dangerous because we, we can maybe read people better 
or so. And they, they, they approach us maybe in a very vulnerable space as well, depending on what area you work in or so. And I think there's a high degree of responsibility how to, yeah, how to handle that, how to deal with this and not use it to, to your own, own benefit and advantage. And, and I mean, there's reasons why the whole like therapist world is like highly regulated or so, right? You cannot do certain things and you cannot, um, well, some people probably still do, but even as a doctor, you shouldn't sell like multi-level marketing products. Oh, like these powders are really good for you. And right. I know people who do it, but they shouldn't in that profession. And I think coaching is, is a really delicate space and with a high degree of responsibility and it's totally unregulated. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, well, there are clearly people who are trying to change that, but uh, yeah, this has always been one of the issues we've faced of uh, pretty much anyone can put up a sign, call themselves a coach and, uh, and start taking on clients with, without, without a minute of experience or any kind of certification or anything. Yeah. And I think it's really, which is, and to me, this is why also the ethical, but like when you say, okay, integrity is like super important. And, and to me, like this ethical bit and really respecting people is to me super important and, and not using them to, to your own advantage. Because I just, again, own experience, having gone through the whole burnout journey and having been to therapy and in a clinic for a few months and all, I know what a value, a vulnerable space you are in during those times. And you start trusting somebody, really looking, looking for somebody to trust and, and work with them. And it doesn't have to be dramatic, but just be, be mindful of that and be, be respectful of that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the big ethical things that sometimes comes up in coaching is should anybody be coaching someone else on results that they haven't managed to achieve for themselves? And, and I'm, I'm divided on that because there are certain circumstances where I think you know, probably they should be able to show that they can achieve the results. But also, if you're actually doing coaching, like we said about this difference between coaching and consulting, if you're actually doing coaching, then yeah, you can coach somebody on anything. It doesn't, doesn't really matter if you have the experience or not. But if you're mentoring them or consulting with them, then yeah, it's, that's going to become an issue for you. <laughs> that, and I think that's where I take the, the difference. If, uh, if it's true coaching, then no, it doesn't matter so much. But if it's, uh, if it's more consultative, then yeah, you're going to have some problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking, funny enough, I'm just thinking like Liverpool coach Jurgen Klopp, right? He's like, he, he played like second division or something. German. He was like a great soccer player or football player, but he's coaching, I mean, the, the, the best in the game, right? And not because he's teaching them how to kick a ball, but like probably something else, right? And in, in my practice, and it's funny, I had a conversation at this recently with a, with a guy, with a gentleman who's, Oh, close to 60 or so, right? And sold, sold his own company for 200 million and like highly successful. And I haven't done that yet, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm getting there, but I haven't done the 200 million sale yet. And I told him in the beginning when we had those conversations and not sales conversation, but really open, honest conversation and connecting. I said, well, I just want to put out, how is this for you? I'm the age of your son. I haven't re achieved the material success you have. It's, it's going to be part of our relationship. How are we going to deal with this because obviously it's there and i said yeah but this is not what, what i want from you and you don't need to tell me how to be successful and i know how to do that there's something else yeah. i want to get out of this conversation and i found this really interesting and again to me also ethical is to voice that and to have that conversation and openly speak about it rather than trying to overact as an out no i don't sure. know right yeah, some some of my best coaching relationships over years have been with clients who really just want somebody to have that confidential conversation with where they can talk openly about what's really going on for them without fear of judgment, where they can ask for help if they need it, where they can 
uh, just throw stuff out there and ask you know, what what do you think or i just want to get this off my chest and and sometimes that's been what they've most needed and uh, isn't that okay it's not generally what i market myself for but sometimes it's been really good to have those those kinds of relationships and like what they get out of that they i find that they're still getting that value from it of having that I guess a trusted advisor, that confidential space that you also is where the ethics come into it of you don't ever talk about that outside of outside of that situation as well. You can't exploit what you've uh, talked about or learned with your clients unless they give you permission to to discuss any of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, different needs and requirements of coaching. I wonder for you there, have you ever had any personal experiences of these less than ethical enrollments? myself oh yeah like when i was i was being yeah yeah just recently really funny and it was um well yeah it was sort of an enrollment it wasn't for coaching but i was being approached for i was approached for like an online summit hey do you want to be a speaker for this online summit and it was really big and we have like fifty five thousand people want to watch it and all so yeah sounds interesting let me just um let's have a conversation about it and in the end of course it was like five thousand euros to take part in it like to be a speaker in this program so okay interesting concept and why not but the whole conversation was just really weird and i asked i asked him so why would you like me to be part of your your summit and um yeah you, clearly he had never researched me or knew anything about me it was just like this you know oh yeah well you're really like a wide array of approaches to the topic of success and about I don't know, where did you get that from? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you could interpret it like this, but really not. And and it was just, it wasn't ethical. It was just trying to trying to pressure me to, hey, but you're going to be on, on virtual stage with this speaker, with that speaker, like dropping some big names and trying to to sell it to me. And it was just, it was just weird. And like you said, I, even maybe it could have been a good idea to participate. I didn't even further consider it anymore. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get back and buy all right. And, and now it's interesting too, because maybe I robbed myself of a great opportunity, but also because the conversation was so strange. Right. I think it's more likely you stopped yourself from getting scammed. Right. I mean, and that, that, that sounds really scammy. Yeah. 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 And then, and the funny thing was then like a previous client of mine, he, he came to the island of, like, we live in Mallorca and we went for a walk and talked and he said, they, they approached him as well. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, I, I didn't sign up either. So, so, so that wasn't nice. And like others, like another conversation now comes to mind with a coach really when it is about also like the whole financial bid. It's more like, mm -hmm. okay, the ends justify the, the means. Like that expression you, you, you said earlier. I said the, the means justify, the end justifies the means. Yeah. 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 Then, um, yeah, it's just like, okay, I don't want people to in debt themselves, sell their house, uh, take their children's college funds to sign up for coaching and then you say well what's going to help them and it's going to be good for the children it's better to have like a happy father than not go to college like and go to college and stuff i think it's that is highly manipulative and there is like a, a space where we, where we don't want to go mm. so you said you said that your process and I, i've had those experiences myself but you said that your process is different it's much more conversational and, and you're looking for us to serve i mean can can you take us through your how you work your process so that other people can get an idea of what that call would be like with you that they might be able to make some version of it for themselves yeah yeah so really like the first is okay you, you have to connect in one way or another right like that i think again is super personal are you the instagram person who, who loves to do that are you like a podcasting kind of guy or whatever it may be or you hang out in airports and speak with people right like there needs to be some 
some way where you connect with people. I think without it, it doesn't work. I've heard of people who just manifest it, sit at home. I, I've never managed to do it, right? <laughs> so <laughs> but then I'll come back in a few years once, once I got there. And then it is a conversation. Again, to me, it's honest, yes or no. Do we want to get to know each other? Right? It's really just about that. I want to get to know them. They get to know me a little bit. I block out. I always block out an hour. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. But just a conversation or honestly share uh, what they could expect and also where they're at, what they're looking for and, and who they are and all. And then we do something we call a Kickstarter period. <laughs> We're still looking for a better name because by now it sounds silly, but it used to be, it used to sound amazing when I came up with it. It's like a two week, um, let's say coaching trial period, right? Because I, I want them to get to know me as a coach and not as a marketer. And I want to get to know them as a coachee and not just an interesting person who has just sold 200 million euro business, right? I don't know. Is, is this, con are these conversations going to be fun? Is he, coachable in the sense of am, am I able to do that, right? It's, and so we do that. That's the first thing. And we don't discuss anything else prior to that. Like they don't know what type of programs I have. And I don't have any programs after that. It's just, we, we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. What, what I like about what you're saying is that it's something I noticed the shift in myself. You're looking for fit rather than sale. And that, that's that the more important element there. And I, and I know when I made that shift myself and I was getting coached by this great business coach called Taki Moore and Taki was really teaching that and still does teach that that you need to look for for the fit and but I know when people are starting out as coaches and I've done this myself you will often end up taking clients because they because you need the money <laughs> not not because they're going to be a good client well sometimes you're just going to have to do that and work through it but there is a big change like once you get to a level where you don't have to do that anymore and hopefully it doesn't take too long to get there then you start looking for fit because you were you have to recognize that the people who aren't a fit too much hard work anyway, like either you're not going to enjoy it or they're not going to enjoy it, but someone's going to probably come off not so great from that, or maybe nobody really wins in that situation. But when you're searching for fit and that, you know, you, you like, this is someone you can help and you want to help and you feel that you could have a good connection, you kind of vibe together and say, yeah, okay, I, I think I can help you. I would like to work with you. And they feeling that as well that's a much better way to start a professional relationship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in our case, especially because we don't have those um, 100 million followers on Instagram, I don't know, like Cristiano Ronaldo-like, we, we're sort of dependent on really good outcomes for our, our clients and on the referrals, right? Like it's just sort of like that's maybe a downfall of, of, of that way we, that we do business because we don't have this like massive, massive following. Each client is like super important. And, but also I think that's how it should be, right? I, I don't want to have a business where I'm just like, it's uh, like, a, like a sweatshop having one client after the other. I think it might be quite refreshing for a lot of people to hear that you don't have to have a huge social media following to be able to build a sustainable and profitable business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this to me was, was then the challenge. Like, okay, I don't want to, I don't enjoy that. And then there's this the other side of me always loves the challenge of this game. So, okay. I wonder how that works. Yeah, what well, must be possible, right? It's, business was done prior to social media, right? It's not like we started business businesses twenty years ago, but we have a good history of of business. Yeah, I mean, I can I can remember learning this kind of stuff from and again years ago from Mark Joyner, who is still around and still you know, still one of the first people who really got me interested in the whole influence and persuasion stuff. 
He's kind of an interesting, he's kind of wacky guy, but he's he's interesting as well. But, but yeah, postcards in the, in the boxes. Like, like, <laughs> I guess, but it, it was yeah, yeah, definitely that kind of thing. Word of word of mouth marketing, and and that's really he was who I learned learned those principles from originally. But that is still really the most powerful form of marketing, and and it always will be. Like personal recommendation is always going to be that. But I know that one of the struggles that a lot of uh, coaches, even speakers is struggling to ask ask the questions that get you to those conversations in the first place struggling to ask for struggling to ask for the referrals and and so i, I wonder for you what what processes do you have for doing that How, what's your methodology for getting referrals yeah yeah so let me go like one step back because every year we look again at okay clients where did they come from was the most money made so to say right and it's again again every year it's the same it's like referrals okay so every year we're gonna okay Let's double down on that, so to say, right? If this is working so well, then let's do more of that. And so, so there's a couple of things. I think um, similar to, I know that example is a bit too too cruel, but similar to COVID, right? You want to have more than one person. Or you you want to usually want to have less less than one person catching the virus from you, right? And in yeah. marketing, you want to have more than one person, hopefully. And this is when the thing gets exponential. And so we we offer like two vouchers to everybody we connect with. Right. If, if we think that person is good, like a good fit for us, we, he must, he or she must know other people who are good fit. So we say, Hey, it made a conversation. Yo, uh, we invite two, two of your friends or people you, you like for a conversation as well. Pass it on to you. You now know what a conversation with us is like. Who comes to mind? Right. And by sort of sending this, this voucher thing, it's, it becomes sort of official. It becomes like a proper gift. It's not a free conversation. There's a lot, a lot of value in it. Right. It's, and, um, yeah, and that's how we create new clients as well, or at least new contacts. And who knows what comes from those, but at least you increase your circle of, of connections from the immediate to like the second layer, right? And then hopefully the third layer or so, because sooner or later, any online, uh, any multi-level marketer will know you've sort of talked to your entire family and the circle of friends and okay, this, it becomes weird, right? And uh, you want to sort of go beyond that at some point. Um, so I think that this is, yeah. this is a great way inviting people hey who, who would you want to give yeah. this to i find that uh, the word about stuff that tends to come into effect with network marketing is usually not so positive <laughs> it's people warning like oh yeah yeah um warning your friends and family oh have you spoken to johnny yeah he's got into this thing he's going to try and sell you these products yeah exactly it's like <laughs> everybody's like drinking now i don't know um Dendillion powder or something that he's like, <laughs> okay, I can only get so much, Johnny. I'm, I, <laughs> I get why people want to do them. It's, it's not for me. I'm not a fan of network marketing businesses, but I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, so, so the thing is, if you if you feel weird, like, hey, gift something, right? I mean, it, it's not difficult to make a gift if you frame it as a gift for yourself rather than, oh, I'm asking them. No, you're giving. You're giving them something. And that, that usually is easy for people who are afraid of asking, right? It's easier for them to give. And if you put it as a gift, oh, here's, here's a voucher. And uh, now you can be a bit more specific. We've played with it. Um, if you just send them like a PDF or something, it may, maybe it just ends up somewhere. But uh, uh, at the end of, of all the programs that we do with people, they get like this form, this feedback form, they can sort of reflect on their success again and, and all those things and leave a testimonial, but also leave the names of somebody they would recommend it to. And then, we send them like a personalized voucher or so, or we ask them, hey, would you mind connecting us via WhatsApp and to make sure you actually get in touch with those people rather than, hey, whenever you know of somebody, that never happens because it's not 
your clients like day job to think about possible clients for you. They, it's like they have other things to do, but if you get a bit more specific and hey, would you mind connecting us? Then at least it, it's moving yeah. ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost an invite based business. Would you or could you make that move to sort of being invite only for you, for your clients? Like people can only work with yeah. Yeah, and I think in the way, in the end, it is like invite only because we do this trial period and then comes the big moment when we also decide, are we going to offer to continue working or not, right? And it's, it's sometimes a funny conversation because, okay, we want to know from them, obviously, but they want to know from us as well because they know this is what this trial period is for and they also show up in a way that they want to keep working with us, right? And and again, be mindful of the ethical bit. It's not like, oh, true, like, hmm acting as if and and you know like not in a weird way but both sides really have to show up in order to to gain the privilege of even speaking about further steps us as well right we need to show up to, yeah. to for the client to to continue and then and then you know earlier when you ask okay, what's the process right like this try period two weeks that's what we do but then we have a, another conversation by that time it's probably the fourth conversation we had one before the two weeks two during the two weeks now the fourth conversation so we know each other quite well already and we speak about, okay, what does it look like? Is this a good fit for both? And, and how could we imagine working together? Right? Because we don't have set programs. Oh, this is the red cherry program to success or something. I don't know. It's like we don't have those types of things. It's just, okay, what feels right? Should we, should we commit to six months together? What would be possible within six months? Oh, no, like this is too long. I really don't know. Okay, three months, four months, whatever it may be. And then we speak about the intensity, the frequency. Okay, what? what is aligned with, with your everyday life, right? I don't know if you have time to speak every week and if, if you want to do this. I don't know if it, if it would serve you, right? Maybe it's, it wouldn't. But but without that, without having that, then do you, I mean, is, is essentially each time you take someone on a sort of bespoke service or you know, is, is it that there's some structure in your mind that's like, well, these are the things we're probably going to work on and there's like the set pricing structure that goes with that, or is it a case by case? Yeah, it's case by case. Yeah, it's like completely bespoke. In the end, of course, some things will repeat themselves, right? It's um, okay. The standard length of a session is like between sixty and ninety minutes. Again, but between sixty and ninety, because I don't know how much time would make sense that day, right? If I say yeah. we have to speak for sixty minutes, and okay, twenty minutes more. So what's up? <laughs> it's like I I don't want to have that conversation. If we're done, we're done. Right. If we need more time we have more time. So we schedule plenty of time. We'll see how much time we use, right? It's yeah. it's not about the time. It's about whatever comes out of it. Of course, that is sort of said. Um, I know we meet via Zoom, right? Unless somebody wants to come here, like with people who come for a few days to the island. But that's said, of course. But yeah, everything else we can discuss, we can speak about, right? And then create a bespoke program for them. I, I couldn't I couldn't see myself going down that path. I mean, when, when I first started coaching, I was like, yeah, I... I probably would have done, been happy to do sort of bespoke stuff. Now, I guess it's also the kind of coaching I do now. It isn't quite uh, on the same sort of emotional level and maybe personal, requiring that sort of personalization and touch that that you offer offer with yours. Mine's maybe a bit more industry specific and and consultative in a specific, in in a bit more specific way. That means I'm probably you know, wouldn't make sense for me to offer that. But for those businesses that that it does, and like for yours and, and similar kinds of coaching services. That's a, a nice approach. Is that it's nice that somebody thinks, yeah, I, I can have coaching how I want it, when I want it. And say, oh well, if you're going to come and work with us, you have to sign up for six months or twelve months or whatever. And I'm like, mm -mm. 
not necessarily sure I want that. And yeah, so I like, I like that. Yeah, exactly. And and then we yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, carry yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, the, so then we have that conversation. We speak about it, and and again, this is a coaching conversation, right? This is on eye level. It's not okay. I'm trying to push the person into something. I'm not trying to sell. We want to explore what, what works best. And what I find really important is again the yes or no thing, right? I'm super happy if they walk out with an honest no, or with an honest yes. I want to question the yes. I want to question the no if, if they allow me to, right? Um, even if they say yes. Say, are you really sure you want to work with me? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good idea. No, but we say, okay, um, I don't know. Should you, would you have to speak with your husband about this or with your wife? Like, are we hundred percent sure this is what we want to do? Okay, cool. Or not? Because again, you don't want to have anybody in your practice who's like half in, who then after a few weeks decides not to do it or who says yes today, tomorrow, no. And this is all, I, I don't want to have that in my practice, yeah. right? Yeah. So you you have a set of guiding principles for you when when you do this, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's more it's more principles and I guess like an attitude or so rather than oh this is the process these are the questions I ask then I guide them into oh this these are their failures these are their needs their weaknesses oh then I export them into blah like this not 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 like that but more okay overarching ideas values that I have to in that conversation and and one then also is to speak about the money real openly. Right, because um, I think too often, yeah, it's so. It often comes down to the money bit, and it's usually where things get awkward for most coaches and things on a court, right? Yeah, yeah, and then you sort of rush, rush through it, and then you get all these sort of um, cancellations later on, or people ghosting you, or I don't know, like all those weird things. And again, this is not the type of relationship I want to have with people, and I don't want them to feel like they have to do this with me, right? Like I'm the type of person that would have to ghost because I'm trying to manipulate into, into giving me money. So we speak about sure. that openly. Okay, is, does this work? Like if, oh no, I'm not sure. Like, okay, let's speak about how you could make it work, right? Is this, maybe not, not today. Maybe this means we have to postpone this thing for six months. Okay, okay, but this is a way for you to come up with the funds and cool, that's when we start. I think this, again, is a collaborative effort and a really important part of the conversation and and i'll say one thing i don't know how many i've had regular conversations where we're both in tears of because we're so moved and feel so connected in the conversation because it's such a nice and open and honest conversation and this doesn't happen when you buy a car right <laughs> this like if somebody tries to like a used car salesman image like you are not moved because of the beautiful connection and the honesty and like that and, and surely, yeah, I mean, I would say if you're getting to that level of connection with people, by that point, there must already be a real desire to work together. And and so it shouldn't be a difficult decision. And if you can then have an honest and non-awkward conversation about money and stuff like that as well, it's not going to feel weird. It's not going to feel salesy. It's just going to feel natural. And really, that's where it needs to be. Too many people go into this, all right, now we have to talk about money and and. I don't know what it's like for you, but I know for most Brits and, and probably a lot of American people who I speak to as well, even Aussies, those conversations, we often get very uncomfortable. Yeah, with Germans as well. Yeah, yeah, with Germans as well. And sometimes it's almost weird, but when you are as open about this, you're like, okay, let's... But but it is also liberating. Like, yeah, okay, we've got this out of the way. And um, I feel like as a coach now, really like sort of tip what to do is, is really, okay, you... To, to breathe, right? To pause and to breathe and to get used to that awkwardness. 
and not like say, oh, it's, it's, it's 1,000 and there you go, but okay. Say it and sit with it and sort of see, okay, what, what comes up. And, and I ask the people, okay, what, what, like what comes up or what happens when, when I say that number, right? It's, and they say, well, whoa, it's a lot of money. You say, yeah, yeah, it is. You could probably buy a car for that, but let's see if that's what you want to do or not, right? And but address it, really be with it and speak, speak about it. Yeah, and and sometimes there's is also re recognizing that when we value our time and our service and the results that we can create, for people we should recognize it shouldn't be cheap either. It's like it's not that you know, I know that sometimes people have this ten, um, tendency to go to well, I need to try and keep it as affordable as possible so anybody could have it. It's like well, maybe it shouldn't be for everybody, or maybe people um, you should make sure that you are taking care of your business first and, and getting getting compensated what you're actually worth or what your results are worth and then maybe you can actually look at doing some stuff that might help more people outside outside of that that you don't have to worry about how much they can afford to get that help but in nearly every circumstance if you undervalue yourself with your clients is going to come out in the relationship at some point as these things always do so there has to be that sense of that you feel that you're, you're, you know, your clients should feel that they're going to get the value and service from you, but you should also feel that you're going to get compensated adequately for, for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it's a different business model than probably, right? If I sell nine-pound nine e-books, right, I can, I can sell a lot, but I, I'm not going to have a conversation with any of these people, probably, or maybe yeah. I do this. Okay, I take half a day each quarter to speak with my customers, right? But it's, it's not going to be very deep individual conversations if, if it's uh if it's a one-to-one -one kind of based coaching business you you absolutely have to do that but the stuff i do is is a lot more scaled up i guess and, uh, and so it could couldn't do that if i wanted to i couldn't do that it, i just wouldn't have the time but yeah it's, it's interesting stuff there, there's uh, there's a lot of things we could uh, go on to talking about but time unfortunately is against us but I, i've really been enjoying this conversation and, and and i wonder for for you like i know you have some resources that might help uh, our audience in in this so can you tell us a bit about that yeah so if you go to janbroders.com my website um there is a tab somewhere on top uh, for coaches it says and this is where you can download like an entire I always call it like a little ebook, but somebody recently said, well, it's like 30 pages, like a proper guide, or it's like, it has a lot of value. It explains like my 10, 10 guiding principles. Again, those things, what you said when I approach a conversation, and I've outlined them all and um, people are free to download, download those and, and right. play with them, right? Again, these are the principles work well for us. Play with them and tweak them to whatever works for you, right? But maybe it's a good basis to start. Fantastic. Well, certainly we'll be directing people to that. All you need to do is go into the show notes and take a look and you'll see the link will be in there. And uh, for those people who are liking the sound of having a referral based business and wanting to have those kinds of conversations with their clients and make it more natural, then you're going to love that, I'm sure. Jan, is your website the best place for people to generally come and find out more about you? Yeah, I think it's, it's the best way. Yeah, there's like a contact form, like a WhatsApp chat button if, if you really want to chat directly. I, I do post bit of stuff on LinkedIn. It's a good way to connect as well. But again, um, as you heard from the show, you won't hear from me every day on social media. So <laughs> best way is probably to send an email and we, we, we connect. That's fantastic. I'd like to ask my guests for book recommendations. So we've already got an ebook recommendation for you, but other than your own material, what would be a book, maybe more than one if you like, but 
that you would recommend to our audience? And it doesn't have to relate to what we've been talking about. It really could just be something that's been meaningful or impactful for you. Yeah, yeah. One book that I really like, and it's like a whole philosophy, and it's about children more. It's more like um, how, how to raise children and be with children. It's by Jasper Jewell. It's like a Danish guy who talks about education. And it's called The, the Competent Child. And it is about education and children. But everything that he says really is valuable for everyday interaction with human beings. It's not only about children. And it really is like the core principle is that everybody has the same worth and you're on the same level. And that's how we speak with each other. And you find out what the person's needs and desires are. And then you, instead of just trying to push them or manipulate them into doing something like we often do with children. And I feel it's the same in everyday life. And especially the conversation we had today, I think somebody wants to read that and refer transfer that knowledge to sales and Roman, it'd be super valuable. I really, really like, like that book. And it doesn't have to do with business at first, but it'll be super useful. useful. And another book, it's funny, I've just had this laying around all the time for years. It was called da Dao De Ching by Wayne Dyer. It's just sort of like those, those 80... I have that book. Yeah, yeah. the 80 um, sort of, again, just ideas or guiding principles about life. And yeah, I, I love those types of things as well. It's, it's, it's not so much yeah. tactical, but just like general, general ideas about life. And you can then transfer that. What does that mean in my business then? I, I liked, I liked some of the interpretations that Wayne Dyer put in that book for the, for the data Ching. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice recommendations. Thank you. I'm definitely uh, be adding those to the show notes for people who want to take a look as well. If you considered yourself to have a superpower when it comes to influence and persuasion, what, what is your superpower? I think my superpower is to, is interesting, it's to make people feel like they're all right. I think that's like the biggest pain we all have. It's like there's an inherent thing, oh, we are not okay the way we are because we mm. make those funny assumptions when we're ch children and small and we think, okay, something's wrong with me. And I think for whatever reason, when people speak with me, they really feel safe and secure. And, and then from that place, we can have like an honest conversation you know, rather than right. being defensive or so. Yeah. I, I've, I felt very self, safe and secure in our conversation today, Jan. So thank you. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I, I wish time wasn't uh, against us, but try and keep the episodes to within a certain time frame. But I do appreciate you coming and talking to me. Uh, it's been a wonderful conversation and I encourage Anyone who is tuning in, go and check out Jack Yun's ebook and uh, and check out some of the book recommendations as well. Uh, Yun, anything that you would like to close on as a, a, a final thought? A final thought? Yeah, I think final thought is you're you're okay the way you are, and uh, like there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect the way you are, and uh, you're allowed to do things the way you want them to do. And there is a way. Thank you so much. There is a way that fits you, whatever that may be. Find it out. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest on Speaking Influence. It's been really nice chat. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please make sure you are subscribed for future episodes. Now, this show only grows with your help. And I would like you to consider if you've got anything of value from listening to this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends and network who may also get some great value from it too. We like to share good things that we have enjoyed, even if it's just a gem of knowledge or insight that you want to share with them or send them a link to the whole episode. That's going to help me and you can consider that the price of admission for this great information and content. Now, I hope you will come and join me again for future shows, especially as the show transitions into its new format 
and its new name as we focus much more on the world of podcasting for building authority and professional influence. But for now, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.